Lieutenant Dimmer. Is that a course for Starbase 46? Warp 5. Yes, Captain. Sir, the Pavans are more vulnerable than Admiral Terrell could possibly understand. Please, if I could only speak with him and relay my experience with their peace-loving species. At this speed, they'll be expecting us in three hours at Starbase 46. That's why we're warping and not using the spore drive. I have no intention of reaching our destination. But if you're planning on disobeying a direct order, best not to advertise the fact. So, y'all heard the panicked admiral? Starfleet is tired of fighting the Klingon cloaking devices and losing. So am I. We have just under three hours to find a solution. If we can, we jump back to Finn Pavo. If we can't, and welcome to STD, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS series Star Trek Discovery. I am Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts slash Trekkies, starting with the Hoostorian Cal Jones. How's it going, dude? Hey, man, what's going on? Glad to be here. This was a good episode. I can't wait to talk. Oh, yeah, it's going to be so good, man. Excellent, excellent episode. And next we have the Trekstorian Jonathan Shorts. How's it going, John? Going good, man. Going good. I'm excited as well about this episode. It was the best so far. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And last but certainly not least, we have the tech historian, Carrie Brown. Carrie, how's it going, dude? I feel dirty. Oh, so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm sure we'll have a lot more to say about that a little bit later. So, guys, what we do here on this podcast is review each episode of Star Trek Discovery in detail, in addition to talking all things Trek. And, yeah, this is the last episode of the fall half of the season. And, yeah, we'll have to wait a little while before we actually get into more of it. But, you know, we have an excellent episode here to talk about. Lots and lots of fun and lots of Star Trek first. And today we'll be reviewing the Star Trek Discovery episode entitled... Into the forest I go. So, guys, what's been going on? Uh, I've been, like, uh, washing my eyes out all day. <laughs> Has it really been that bad, man? Has no, it it really been- no, it, no, it hasn't. I'm, <laughs> actually, I thought it was cool, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, no, I don't, I don't know if cool is the right <laughs> word, but... Uh, How can <laughs> all you Game of Thrones people have problems bet, with this? I, just I bet you like the Avatar scene, too, huh? <laughs> nobody avatar remembers scene. avatar what are you talking about so remember when um jake Sully like fell in love with the navi woman and then he she was like oh, oh he's good and then they like yeah okay <laughs> blue people didn't need to see that <laughs> yep <laughs> <Y'all> are... <laughs> so, so... <laughs> So, guys, I guess we'll move right along. Um, again, we're going to review Into the Forest I Go uh, and a little synopsis. Bypassing Starfleet's orders, Lorca uses the USS Discovery crew's ultimate asset, the ship itself, in an effort to end the war with the Klingons once and for all. So, guys, let's talk a little bit. What are our, our non-spoilery opinions of the episode? Um... Can I go first? Sure, go for it, dude. 
Uh, so overall, I think it was a solid episode. Um, I did have a few issues with it. However, overall, I think it was a nice way to, you know, kind of break up the season. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Like, I just felt the whole ending, though I'm not going to say what it is yet. I just feel like it just felt kind of cliche and generic. Like, I just I was like, really? That hmm. That's yeah. But that's just me. Generic. OK. Um. I, I, yeah, kind of. I don't know. I guess I can get that. Uh, I'm sure you unpack that a little bit more later. Um, John or Kyle, what, what are your initial thoughts? Um, For me, I, I, I think it was, as you said earlier, it was probably the best episode I've seen just for the fact that I didn't have to spend any time in this episode trying to figure out <laughs> how did they get to a certain point or where did this come from or what happened to this or, you know, everything was just kind of out there. And so it was like a good episode to like just sit back and enjoy for what it was. And it was amazing. Totally okay. Agree. So here's the thing for me with, um, you know, we keep talking about or we keep reading about this being oh, a first for Star Trek episode on several different levels. For me, it was a first a Star Trek episode in a way as well, considering this was the first time I think I've ever been excited to see a Star Trek episode. Not that I'm saying I've never enjoyed Star Trek, but this was the first time with Discovery that I watched it at 7.30 when it came on, not a day or two or three later. So... Uh, did I think it was great? I absolutely thought it was great. Yeah, just just to add to it, it it, it felt. I guess the best way I could describe it would be like just a, like a smooth transition of plot lines. Like it, it just felt good to watch on some parts. Wasn't, but we'll get to that. <laughs> oh yeah, sure yeah. And I think I know what uh, John is referring to, and. Of course, guys, we will get into all of that. But uh, those are our pre-thoughts. I'll say I enjoyed it, too, as well. Excellent episode. Way to end the first half of the season, though cliche it may be, as Carrie stated. But uh, we will get into all that, guys. But for right now, spoilers. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle station. I'll give you the right. You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you spray something. So, guys, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> we see the Discovery um, being the last line of defense for the Pauvins. And what do, we, what do we think about Lorca kind of, you know, taking charge here and actually doing something noble, which I felt I haven't seen him do a lot of in this season? Um, what do we think about these first scenes? Was it noble? <laughs> <laughs> he was protecting the whole planet. Was, was that is that not old noble man? Lorca serves one easy. master, and his master's name is Lorca. Oh, like he, he is like one hundred percent self serving. Like if you if you've forgotten, like a couple episodes ago, when his um lover was captured, he was like, um, we need to follow Starfleet regulations and let them know what's going on and if they say to go get her we will and obviously they didn't go get her but now he's gonna be like no it, uh, we're going to save this alien race that i've never seen before 
I don't know, man. I felt the change in Lorca at that at that moment, man. For for some reason, it gelled with me to see him finally. And I, I guess he's done some noble stuff before, however how bad it was when he went to uh, the Dalithian <coughs> outpost to protect it, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I just really felt he kind of came into his own in this episode. One thing I That's will say, though, is I apologize because, like, he, he, it did take some convincing for him to actually stay. So, like, I, I kind of sort of recant my statement because Burnham had to convince him to to do this. It wasn't like he just volunteered it i think he just wanted everybody to think that he was doing something for the goodwill of someone else i don't i it just it felt shallow i i don't know because we saw terrell giving him the orders get your butt to the base (laughs) and um he was like um you want me to run from a fight and i think he said something like um you know this this race is going to be annihilated by the clean guns so i don't know in that moment i felt like he was doing something good he's like Goku, he, always, man. he likes to fight he wants to fight like his <sighs> and he always disobeys orders that was nothing new yeah, yeah that's, that's what i was true. thinking because him be someone telling him you can't do something is someone basically telling him Figure out a way so that you can do what it is we said you can't do and then rub it in our faces. Because <laughs> I'm Lorca. Challenge accepted. <laughs> exactly. You don't tell them what you're going to do. You just do it anyway. <laughs> I don't know. You I know, really- I think he has something up but because, and I don't want to move too much forward, but that whole map thing he showed Stamets, like, why was he keeping that? Correct. Yeah, that was really weird. Yeah. But I don't know what what do we think of Lorca's plan here? Um to smart plan, I will admit I I really liked his plan to say, okay, we're just gonna warp back, you know, normal travel. And in this what three hours, if we find a solution, we'll spore back and actually defend the planet when the uh Klingons get there. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it was I think it was an ingenious idea, but again, I think it was all a ruse to <laughs> he's after something and that just kind of played right into what he's after. And I don't know what he's after, but it's it's just not like him that we know so far. It's not like him to say, "Okay, I'm going to try to make ourselves look like we're following orders until we can find a solution." I mean, the the Lorca that I've become to know would have said, screw you guys. We're going to stay here and find something. Or either you guys send somebody to help us. Maybe he's changed, yeah. man. <laughs> it just, I, like, the thing that kind of bothers me about this whole thing, even, like, without getting too far ahead about his reluctance to return to this base, is that I feel like on some level he's afraid that, you know, word got to the to the to to whoever about his mental state and that they're going to take the ship from him. I think like he might be afraid to like return for that reason. Yeah. yeah but didn't, didn't he think that. she was dead, but he doesn't know if she talked to anybody before. True. Um, cause I mean, he, she, she, there was a period of time where she wasn't on the ship and she, you know, before she got captured, True. she could have possibly communicated with somebody. Yeah. I think he just knows she didn't come back. Cause I mean, we saw the Klingon side. I, I don't know if Starfleet really knew what was actually going on. That's true. That's true. Hmm. What, go ahead. What What do we think about the the kind of drummed up excuse he was trying to get out of Stamets to 
to actually, again, like you just stated, Carrie, he's going out of his way to look legit when he hasn't really tried to do any of that before. So I thought that felt weird. It did seem out of, well, yeah. Like I said, it's to me, like on a, on the main level, it just felt like he was doing what he had to do to get his way. Um, but even for that, it seemed a little out of character because he's never really sought anybody's approval or, you know, try to be legit. He's just like, this is my ship. I can do what I want. So yeah, it was weird. It's, it's, it's weird. There's a lot of mystery with him and I, I can't, I just, it's something he's after and I just don't know what it is, but it's something he's after and it has to do with its war drive. And I don't know if he maybe potentially the thought that crossed my mind is hopefully he can figure out how to maybe travel back to back in time to correct his mistake when he abandoned his ship and let all his crew die. Hmm. See, I just like the fact that we can sit here and have a conversation about a Starfleet captain and question his motives and question what he's doing and why he's acting and whatever, because Again, no disrespect to prior Star Trek, but you've never had that kind of questioning. Correct me if I'm wrong, Trek Storian, but you've never had that type of questioning for a captain before. And I think this is refreshing. That is true. Not, yeah. yeah, not not from at least not from the viewer's point. Correct. But correct. as in the storyline, you know, we've had a few times where the captain was being questioned by crew, Starfleet, or et cetera, about actions that they were taking. But it turned out to be noble actions. But, I mean, at certain well, points, they were still questioned. Even with that, John, like, even though you might question other ca- captains' actions, like, I mean, I haven't seen nearly as much Star Trek as you guys, but, like, any of the other shows that I've seen, like I've never questioned the captain's motivations. Like he, you know, they, they seem for the most part to be up and up and legit and trying to, you know, follow regulations and be, you know, straight up straight shooters with, but this dude, like I can't get a read on him at all. You know? Yeah. You true. I mean, it's all other, all other captains have always been like all the way Starfleet. Like yeah. they, they always had the best intentions in mind and you always knew that. Now, Even if you questioned them, you knew that. So well, yeah, I think that right. was just part of the assumption almost of watching Star Trek. You knew the captain is the, you know, authority figure, the, you know, the, and he, you just kind of had that he's going to do the right thing or she's going to do the right thing mentality because they are the captain. Yeah. No. But I mean, hard. Go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say, well, well, though that's true in for the main series focused captains, there was a captain in Voyager that Janeway Nim met in the Delta Quadrant that also got lost. You know what I'm talking about, John? And he was kind of um, a role captain, and he almost wound up taking out Voyager at some point. But again, he wasn't he wasn't a mainline story arc captain. He was like, you know. Right. This this other guy over there, um, but he was he was pretty bad. He's probably about bad as Lorca, to be honest. Maybe a little bit worse. <laughs> so I, I have to look that up and put it in the show notes. You had Janeway when she was in the the I guess you would say the alternate timeline, the mirror universe, when their yeah. whole crew was evil. Ah, uh, well, it's funny you would mention the mirror universe. So let's talk about this whole Lorca 
keeping tabs on Stamets and kind of diving into the mycelium network and figuring out that there's alternate dimensions out there. Yeah, see, yeah, that's I'm, what that's what got me. It's it's that's like I said, he's something about that, that he's after. And I don't it's something about another dimension, either going back in time that he's going to try to get to. Maybe maybe he wants to go home. Where's home? <sighs> exactly. Yeah, I, I don't even think he's like, I don't know. I don't think he's that that deep. <laughs> yeah. I don't want that to sound like an insult. <laughs> I don't want that to sound like an insult, though. But like to me, I feel like that. He has like a bunch of rounds in his clip to fire off at his crew to keep them inspired. Cause I mean, he did the same thing to Burnham, like at the beginning of the series. You know, he showed her some, she was like, Oh, yes. You know, like I just feel like he's got one of those in his sleeve for each one of his crew to keep them motivated. Like I really don't think he has some kind of grand scheme. I just think he wants to have the people that he wants on his ship to help him win this war. Like I just, I don't know. Hmm. It it it, it kind of made me think, and I know this probably isn't true, but it it made me think: Are what we seeing right now is this an alternate? Is this not the mainline Star Trek universe? I mean, has a statement been made on that? Do you guys know? Oh God, I, I hope not. Yeah, not well. <laughs> when you say a statement, tell me what you mean by uh, clarify. I mean, have they actually said? Because I know they've uh, explicitly said, "Okay, the J.J. Abrams verse—that's uh, Kelvin. It got diverted when Spock went back. Blah blah blah. It's a different timeline." But do we know if the universe we've been seeing that we've had all these qualms about not um, jiving with what we know of the future? Do we know this is this this mainline Star Trek universe? So are you saying they're going to deus ex machina at the end of the series or something? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm just asking. I'm just, I hope they it, don't do that. It just makes me wonder. The more I hear this parallel, you know, alternate universe crap come up and, you know, obviously what we see at the end. So I don't know. Well, we know it's the same one that Enterprise was in because she talks about um, what is his name? The captain from Enterprise? Yeah, Archer. Yeah. Archer. Yeah. She mentions him by name. But, yeah, like as far as the future. Yeah. I guess there's really no telling. Yeah, but in, even in the parallel universes, some elements are similar. Yeah, but see, therein lies maybe our incorrect assumption. Who's to say that there's not, uh, and let's go to DC Comics here, there's not just one parallel Earth. Maybe there's infinite. Maybe there's 10. Maybe there's 52. Well, he maybe he there's says it's such, though. Yeah, he says it's such. And That's uh, why I hate Stamets. American comics. <laughs> <laughs> the good old multiverse. But what kind of led to that conversation is uh, when he, um, they're talking about this plan to detect the imperfections in the magnetic gravi- gravitational field, Star Trek jargon, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they're go- they want to place sensors on the sarcophagus ship. OK, I get that. But also they want to make one hundred and thirty three micro. I'm holding them up quotes, micro jumps and. You know, Stamets is already at his freaking wits end. And how are you going to come up with this just disaster of a plan? Like that. Yeah. Can can one of you guys explain to me why they had to make that many jumps? I I, I it just totally flew over my head. I did not get it. I, I kind of got it, but it just didn't make any sense to me. Well, again, I think it had something to do with the imperfections of the gravitational field or the micro factors or whatever they were calling them. And somehow they had to be in a certain spot to, 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 I don't know. It's weird. 
<laughs> Maybe you can explain it, Joe. I took it. I took it as they were like, in order to get enough information. Yes. Yes. About this cloaking device, they had to be like right there by the ship for a certain amount of time, but because they couldn't just sit in one place besides the sarcophagus ship, they kind of had to just jump because it was going to take that much time. Okay, that makes sense because they didn't want to get shot. Yeah, okay. No, I thought... See, see, I felt that it to me it felt more like a 3D scan, 3D model scan type of thing where you just want to get every angle. That's that's yeah, kind of, I agree with Clarence. There. Yeah, that could make sense too. That would make sense because Burnham is the one that has the things on the ship that's transmitting or whatever. So yeah, that whole you're trying to get a picture of it that 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 I can get kind of like a 3D panoramic yes picture or something. But uh, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I've become a little more critical of the series as it's going on, even though I still enjoy it. Like, some of the science to me just is just kind of really, really flaky. (laughs) I mean, isn't isn't Star Trek science in general just flaky? I mean, they're talking about stuff that we cannot fathom. Well, I mean, like you know, when 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 they talk, yeah, when they talk about something like um like warp drives and stuff like yeah but when you like talk about like actual like scientific principles like you can't just it can't be like we're watching the firewall movie with with harrison ford and they're like you know i just hacked the firewall it was 200 gigs and um they you know and yeah i used the aol cd you're like you you gotta you gotta at least sound like legit you know like i don't know now see if i have one gripe about this series it is exactly that because Pretty much every scientific principle in Star Trek up until this point is plausible. I mean, yeah. even warp drive, the science of warp drive is plausible. We haven't found enough antimatter to react with matter to cause the reaction that's given them warp drive. But it is plausible if we can find that much antimatter and we can find something similar to dilithium. Same thing as your food replicators. That is plausible. I mean, we have 3D printers now that are actually printing edible fruit that has no taste, but it's still (laughs) edible. (laughs) But, I mean, even transporters, they can transport a beam of light now. That was five years ago. I mean, you can use a matter transporter to transport a beam of light. All of this stuff in Star Trek was – I mean, we have the iPad, I think based off of star trek i mean all yeah. this stuff has been yeah. plausible up until now i can't you there's no way there's no physical way you could come up with anything on earth now that would give you a spore drive or like Harry said make any scientific sense of how they were going to determine how find a cloaked ship i mean the whole planet with the sound thing we never got a solid answer on that if that could detect cloaked ships so that's a gripe i have with this because the science is just not plausible at all maybe in 30 years but I yeah, my thing, yeah my thing is like if you're gonna be like kind of hokey on the science part just gloss over it you know don't go into all this like minutia about something that, and it just makes it sound like like popcorn or something like it's just like what <laughs> but if they gloss over it then it'll be orville <laughs> <laughs> we get the digs in where you can don't you <laughs> so, so i don't know it's weird <laughs> so cal uh, i'm sure you love the moment when uh 
Tilly <laughs> out at Stamets when he was in front of Culver. Oh my god! <laughs> about the side effects. Yeah, just another example of maybe she'll get lost in translation, and maybe she's not I on the ship. I'll be captain anymore. one day. Sorry, that's yeah. <laughs> That yeah. was the first time that I actually felt the way you feel about her, Kel. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, it's like she can't, it's almost like she can't help but being an idiot. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I mean, when she was seriously, when she was sitting there, I was like, she's going to say something. She's going <laughs> to say something. She just said something. She should have outed that big zit on her face. <laughs> stop, we, stop it with the zit. I still say she's That's a, a personal attack, man. And we're not having it. Jeez. Come on, guys. Come on. Well, Clarence, you have to agree that was very idiotic. It was. I do agree. That was dumb. That was dumb. It's like, that, it's like Steve Harvey said. Like, every group of friends has that one friend that, like, nobody really likes, but they just kind of tolerate. And if you don't wow. agree, then it's you. <laughs> So wow. let me ask you. Let me let me ask you guys a question, and I'm actually being serious here. Why are they they being the writers writing a character? And I'm this has nothing to do with the actress, but they are writing the character in such a fashion that she is just like grading on uh, fingernails on a chalkboard. Well, I mean, I kind of get it because like. Burnham's just so over the top serious all the time. You have to kind of balance that out. So, like, I get that she's kind of necessary, but that doesn't make her any less annoying. Yeah, I mean, you don't have a um, you don't have a quirk on this this series. Uh, you don't have anybody that has any. She makes type- quirk look like Odo. <laughs> you don't have well, a need. Let's just say you don't have. Wrong. Yeah, oh, oh, God! Don't don't compare it to Rome, dude. But seriously, though, think about it. Everybody oh else God. on that show is just like super, super serious, up, uh, except for Stamets recently. Like everybody else is just serious, you know. Like they need her on there to like balance it out. They just she she's necessary. Yeah, but again, every every Star Trek has had that character. I mean, Rom on DS Nine and Neelix on Voyager and. Well, I really don't know who will be on the Enterprise. Okay, all right. So, Neelix. Let's let's I mean, take Neelix for a second. Okay, he was the weird, uh, you know, uh, whatever. Yeah, thank you. And, and he cooked things and he said weird things. And I liked Neelix. I mean, he was one of my favorite ones on there. That said, yeah, uh, you know, she maybe it's the actress. I don't know, but don't she's, she's irritating. Bad, man. And I, th- cool. I, I think the thing with those characters we mentioned already, they weren't Starfleet people. They were other people coming into Starfleet and kind of relieving the, 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 the pre- not pressure, but you know, comedy relief, you know, so I don't know. So Cal, would you feel better about her if she wasn't Starfleet? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> irritating is irritating. <laughs> uh, I think I'd feel better if she wasn't Starfleet. Like, how does she pass Starfleet Academy? Well, to 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 play devil's advocate here, or Clarence advocate here, um, <laughs> one thing we can say is that, like, this is a huge opportunity for the showrunners to show some character growth. Like, I feel like as the series goes on, you know, and more things happen to her, and she experiences more things, that she'll maybe, like, not be so annoying. 
Well, they have mentioned that in a couple of different ways, just saying that that you will see a lot of growth in her character, her as well as Burno, Mizrelis, Saru. I mean, those those main characters. They say you're going to see a lot of character growth. Is and they're doing it because they have a platform like CBS All Access. They're not really bound by as many rules on timing and all that. So, I mean, they can pretty much use the time they need to develop characters, and that was their plan. Yeah. And oh my God, the growth we see in, in uh, Burnham in just nine episodes, just amazing, you know? So are they waiting for the second half of the season to have any character growth with Tilly? <laughs> hey, man, she's, she's growing, man. She's growing. She, she's, she yeah. has Burnham, you know, being her mentor, you know, and, and she's going she's gonna to get there. Objectively speaking, I think, yeah, I think TV wise, like objectively speaking, like as a TV person or viewer, like Tilly is a perfect character. I mean, she's a great character, not perfect. She's a great character because with great television characters, like I put her in the same sense that I would put somebody like Joffrey or or Littlefinger. They're characters that you're, you're just not indifferent about. Like she'd be a bad character if you saw her on the screen and you didn't feel anything. Yeah. But you know she gets she gets a reaction out of you, so she's doing her job. Okay, Agreed. I will give her that. I, I, yeah, I'll give her that. So, guys, I loved Lorca's statement about turning these polite scientists to fierce warriors. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> Lorca being Lorca. So, what do we think about this whole idea of sending Tyler and Burnham on the sarcophagus ship? Do that doesn't that sound like kind of a bad idea to begin with? They've had a lot of those. Because it went so well the first time they went over there. Well, who else were you going to send to a ship full of Klingons? You're definitely not going to send Saru. He's going to go hide in the corner and not get anything done. Gangly, his ganglia would strangle him if he went to a Klingon ship. Oh, I mean, man. you really didn't have a choice. It, it, that was the two best choices. Now, maybe not the greatest people at all but you know basically he had at the time yeah, i kind of agree and speaking i just of, don't see how he thought he was going to get through that without sending burnham though like that was just stupid yeah yeah, what yeah is- but they had to advance the plot and that's the best way to in this episode to advance the plot and, and i'm kind of thinking what was that secrecy around burnham that he just didn't want her to go i was trying to figure that out because she was obviously the best choice and he, for some reason, he couldn't see that. Were they just trying to create a moment, or is there some other underlying reason he has his connection with Burnham? That's the second time he's been overly protective of her, and I don't... Again, he's got something going on, and I, it, it's <laughs> going to come together eventually, but... Yeah, that yeah, there's definitely something there, you know, considering he pulled her out of prison on top of the other two times. Like, yeah, there's definitely something else there. What happened to her parents? Weren't, weren't they killed? By Klingons, I think. Yes. I wonder if her father survived. Hmm. You know, I think I got where you're going with this, and I that also crossed my mind. But he would be a lot older. Yeah, that's what I thought too. That's what I thought too. Unless he's a brother or uncle or something like that. Yeah. Hmm. So but he's overly protective for no reason. Yeah, that he is. He definitely is. Unless he's got something else planned for her. I think need, she's going to take Saru's job in the next. <laughs> I'm serious. She's yeah. going to have his job in the next half of the season. Oh, I did love, she's, love, love how Lorca called Saru number one for one brief moment in this episode. I thought that was awesome. He did say number I one. I missed that. Yeah, it was great. 
Are we surprised that Admiral Karen is still alive? Because yes. I think I think I'm going to have to eat some crow on this because I kind of like you know I was starkly against that last week when John said she might be alive. Like, there's no way she got electrocuted. <laughs> Listen, she had to be because if if she had really been dead, I'd have been highly disappointed because that was just again that was a waste of story time. Like, we could have used that on something else if we were just going to kill her off in that moment for the second time. Yeah. She chose our pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Th- this is going to be the first moment I'm e- going to eat crow, but I'm going to eat it again. And another thing that happens a little later. Um, and then we have this whole Ash Tyler, um, yeah, phobia, post-traumatic something. To, what the heck? Okay. So like, I actually watched these flashes. Like I watched them a couple times because at first, like, it looks like he's just getting tortured. But if you look at some of the scenes, it looks like he might be getting altered. Yeah, see, so that's where I'm confused about. So, so, which is it? Torture or alter? At, at this point, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it they they definitely are not squashing this theory in any by any means because... I, I kind of felt the same thing, especially like later on in the episode. We see, you know, they kind of, he kind of <laughs> still has a connection with her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Is either Laurel is like this <laughs> ultimate interrogator or there's something else going on that we don't know about. But I mean, he's been tort. She's been torturing the, the Admiral for what? A couple days now? No, she never tortured the Admiral. She didn't? The first day she went in to torture. Oh yeah, that's right. She didn't. They were trying to get out together. That is true. Hmm. But somebody beat her up. <laughs> yeah, remember she got uh, at the end of the episode. Remember she got um, which one? You talking about the admiral or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know remember, she got electrocuted, but like, yeah, but 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 wasn't it Laurel that uh, had to beat her up because they oh yeah they got they caught? Fighting. They were fighting. That's right. Yeah, she should have been dead, yo. <laughs> she, can be, she can be gentle with humans. <laughs> I don't think that ever happened. <laughs> oh, she was gentle with Ash. <laughs> D- yeah. That's why he's traumatized, right? Wouldn't you be? <laughs> so, I'm, so, I'm sure she never let his head hit the pillow without her hand behind it. <laughs> so, so gentle. So gentle. <laughs> mm. Oh, oh man. <laughs> so here's my second moment I'm going to eat crow. Oh, uh, during these 133 micro jumps, you know, I told John last week, what do you expect them to be like Dragon Ball Z and warp everywhere? And of course, in this episode, what do we get? Discovery is like Dragon Ball Z warping everywhere. It's the transmission. <laughs> yes. I was like, wow, man, they just, just uh, kicking me in the teeth with this. They just going against everything I've said. But yeah, that so was- again. Why didn't he use this when they were trying to save the other Starfleet ship? Like three jumps would have done it. <laughs> yeah. But did they have stamets at the time? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, okay. You mean to tell me, like, this is the only other thing that bothered me about that. You mean to tell me stamets is more durable than that big tardigrade thing that was killing everybody? <laughs> that was made for like, this. They, 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 made like, they made like less than 10 jumps with that thing, and it like died pretty much. And like he can make 130. What? Seriously, hmm. yeah, it's true. Um, well, it's obviously not going well for him, you know. But but I but mean, maybe 
Go ahead. Maybe the human brain is more equipped to handle that kind of input. I don't think Maybe it is, though. The tardigrade brain was probably just small and simple. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. It had. It was. They needed its brain to make the jumps. Like it was. It didn't have a simplified brain. He couldn't handle the jumps until he actually got the DNA injected into him. So, like, I just. Well, he, I, he, he. I mean, he wasn't. It wasn't that he wasn't handling it. It's just he. His brain had all of the mycelium network mapped out in his brain, so they had to access that over and over again. And maybe the human brain can take someone accessing certain parts of your brain over and over more than the tardigrade can. Hmm. I don't hmm. know. I think I I'm agree with Carrie on this one. <laughs> 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 How the heck can a human survive? And that he's big... like three. He's like three times the size. Like even if his brain's small, like it, it just didn't make any sense. I mean, it obviously was small. They they said that it was. Like a supercomputer. That's why they need it. They said they needed a supercomputer, and that's what they used. You know, so <laughs> he should have been a vanilla wafer after all those jumps. Like there shouldn't have been anything Agreed. left to him. Like, but I think we're going to see. But we're going to see the ramifications of this come January. Yeah. So I mean, just speaking of the jumps, you know, again during that 133 jump sequence, um, we see where Colbert wants to call it off. And then there's this moment where um, Stamets makes the statement, and I think this is like the title drop or whatever. Uh, there is a clearing in the forest. That's how we go. And that's actually from a book. I did a little research. I don't know if I'm completely correct on this, but there is a book by Kim Love Stump, and it's called A Clearing in the Forest. But but let's go on to the um, Burnham on the sarcophagus ship. Burnham taking charge. What what do we think of the moment with the Universal Translator? Oh man, she pulled the old Chris Tucker off a of rush hour. Fight me like a man. <laughs> <laughs> Put the gun down. Yeah, true, true, I, true. Go ahead. I think it was. I think it was good. Um, what I don't understand is once at some point he started speaking English. Correct. Yeah, I don't think he did. Did he? No, 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 no. no. It, it was a translator, actually, and and yeah. I love how they did it so well, seamlessly. He was speaking English, but you know, it was the translator that was causing him to speak English, right? No, because I remember some of them can speak English, that, though. At one point, he was speaking clean on, and it was coming out English on the translator. So it was like a delay between the spoken word and what the translator yeah, put out. I'm a, I'm a judge on well, this because they did talk to the admiral, admiral in English. So but, yeah, they, but I, I, they, yeah, I, mean, I think they were just trying to show the transition to using the the translator. Agreed, yeah, agreed. It, 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 it took it felt a while like, for them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I feel like it was just a transition. <laughs> their their artistic way of kind of showing the translator working without just you know instantly their voice change changing. You know, there were moments to where we heard the little communicator saying stuff, but you couldn't really hear it. You know. So I think they were just trying to transition into okay, now we can understand what the Klingons are saying. Which I, so I basically I, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that it probably took a moment for the translation matrix to kick in with the spoken word. Possibly that that could be word because I know there was a couple episode on I think Voyager where they had to they were talking to some alien species and they had to keep them talking until the translator worked out the syntax of it. So that, that could be possible. <laughs> oh, in this scene, I loved Cole's uniform. I thought his uniform was freaking awesome. 
And I also loved how uh, <laughs> he said he picked his teeth with uh, George O's cum badge. I thought that was pretty good. Oh, low blow, <laughs> low blow. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty bad. Bad a. Eh? <laughs> and man, I'm kind of just loving seeing Burnham in these fight sequences. You know. She's like a small woman. She shouldn't be winning any of these fights, but I like how they portray it on screen. I thought it's always fun. She gets kicked around some, but she's like a tough girl. And I, I think she's just like, she's just, just, just bad. A, you know, I, I love she's her. Like, she's like our young Game of Thrones, man. Quite, not quite that good, but she, <laughs> <laughs> but she is pretty awesome. I just love, I mean, again, I'm a fan of martial arts and movies that has, martial arts in them and you can usually tell the ones that they've actually spent time training because the camera is not doing a lot of cutaways yeah so you're actually seeing full sequence full fight sequences and that that really impressed me and whoever that is whoever the actor is playing cole he's moving pretty good to have all of these extra crap on him and prosthetics and i mean that I, i really enjoyed that fight scene i think the Best I've seen in the Star Trek, anyway. Pretty awesome. So, so John, I got a question for you. Um, this is a Star Trek lore question. Um, has it traditionally been to where, when a ship is cloaked, their shields are down? Yes, hmm. always. Wow, because I've never, I don't remember actually seeing that. I'm pretty sure I have, but I just don't remember that for some reason. Me, me neither. Because the cloak is the cloak is being emitted from the deflector dish or deflector control, which is also the shields. But the shields are modulated to refract energy directed at it. Well, when the cloak is made to reflect refract light, so it's a different setup. Hmm. So obviously, uh, Burnham and and Tyler and um, Cornwell get off the ship, and we see this explosion and. Uh, yeah, Cole, Cole gone. <laughs> He's Kentucky Fried Cole. <laughs> I was quite surprised by that. And and then Lorca gets his moment, his uh real guys on look at explosions moment where he does the uh the uh Power Rangers thing and just turn turns around and watch the thing explode. I thought that was freaking awesome as well. Yeah, that was great. I love that scene. <laughs> Cool guys don't look at explosions. <laughs> and 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 we also get this, you know, what do what do we feel about seeing Burnham's story kind of come full circle for her and Saru? They kind of have a mo- had a moment there to where, you know, we've been through all this, but you know, we finally get vengeance question mark, maybe? See, I was hoping that maybe she gave him the combat. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's where, even though I know she she's not giving him that comb badge. Yeah, but it would have been a good show of gesture of faith or goodwill or whatever you want to call it. I'm more with Clarence like, on on the circle getting closed with the sarcophagus ship. Yeah, me too. Yeah, feel that's like where a, it all started. Yeah, feel like yeah, personality to it. I agree with that. I'm just saying, I would I wish she had took it a step further. Well, it 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 felt like the close of an arc, and you know, once that ship exploded i was kind of just thinking to myself okay what's next <laughs> you know because you know, that really closed the arc from the beginning of the season but i thought it freed as as more more so than closed because me, for me personally i was anticipating this arc if anything not being concluded 
probably with a cliffhanger at the end of the season season. And here we see it, you know, in some ways resolved mid season. Another reason why I like this show. Yeah, that's because it yeah. wasn't expected. Right. Hmm. And it was so correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they like decide this would be the end of the first half of the season, like after the show was made? You saying, and if so, like I, at first, weren't they just weren't there? Wasn't the plan to play the play the series continuously until the end of the season? Uh-huh. But when they added, when they added, when they extended the season three more episodes, three or four more episodes, they decided to put a break in between. I, th- I think you're right. I think I remember hearing that. That makes so sense. Here's, so here's my question: How are we going to open up on the next episode? Well, I think there's tons of places to go with the next episode. <laughs> right. It all depends on where they are, really. Are they deep in Klingon space? There's definitely an alternate universe, a parallel well, universe. But the thing is, they're probably not going to be able to use the sport drive anymore. So wherever they are, they're probably stuck there for a while. At least um. 70 years. <laughs> or or maybe somebody Unless- else has to become tardigrade uh, human. Right. But you know, you know how most most Star Trek uh, series, usually the episode after the season finale is usually like terribly boring. Yeah. Do you agree, Clarence? Because I mean, usually, and I'm even DS Nine, same thing. You know, the season finale is like super awesome, and unless it leaves on a to be continued, the next probably three episodes are just kind of story filler area. I don't know if I felt that so much, but you might be right. I have to go back well, and look, see. That's what I'm worried about. This is going to happen. Honestly, like I think it doesn't matter where they are because I feel like most of the drama from for the second half of the series is going to be between the people that are on the ship. Yeah. So you have this Klingon chick or torturer. You have uh, Ash. You could who knows what's going on with him, but that line she tells him at the end, like oh, I won't yeah. let them hurt you. Yes, like, yes. That that's so like, good. you know, that, it's like, what's that about? You know, what the <laughs> heck? Well, you know, the clean on the, the clean on girl, she's they sent her to Starfleet to the Starbase, whatever, before they left. They, they did. Who? I don't no, think no, they no, did. No, 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 no. They, they, they sent. I remember. She's they on the ship. She, Cornwell. She's on the ship. They sent she's Cornwell on the ship, to man. the base. Okay. They were going to take her to the Starbase. Okay. Yeah. I think Cornwell is off the ship. That's the only person that left, yeah that, that's who it was that's who it was cornwell but just hit, but just hit on what you said care about when she said uh i'll never let them hurt you and then she just looks at him and says soon and i'm like what the heck that is crazy exactly man i missed the soon part i didn't hear that yeah it, uh, wow. at first i was like <laughs> did she cause all that but i don't think she did i think yeah i'm not sure what's going on but this has to be a part of their master plan, you know, they talked about in the first couple episodes where she was like, you have to give up everything to, um, yeah. Vok. was it Vok? Yeah, Vok. Yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely something going on there. I don't really. So crazy, man. That is so freaking crazy. <laughs> um, so, so, so here's my question. Is, is he who he is or is he somebody else or is he, what is he? No, we don't know. <laughs> but, 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 but I mean, there's say, a, go ahead. Yeah. I was just say like there, a couple things could have happened here. One, they could have like killed the original Ash and like 
uh, like changed the yeah. Vox body. They could have took Vox brain out of his body and put it in ashes. Like there's so many different ways they could have gone about like espionaging that that I just I have no idea what's going on. I say look up the actor who plays the the Klingon, whatever um, you know, <laughs> whoever he's supposed to be on IMDb, and nothing. And see if, yep, bingo. There's like one guy in like uh, India or something. India who's deceased <laughs> that's right. got that same name, but other than that, nobody. Yeah. Wow. It would care. Was it you and, posted a picture of them side by side? Walking yeah. Tyler? Yeah. If you look at them side by side, they look similar. As funny as that sounds to say, they look similar. Like I posted. I don't know if you have Slack, Jonathan, but I posted a picture of them side by side in a Slack. Yeah, I've seen that. It looks like the same. It looks like him with the stuff on. Like if you look at where his like his cheekbones and his eye, like Brown what do you call it? His, yeah. his eyebrows and like everything, it looks like it could be him. And there's the quote where he says, like he he additionally auditioned for Cole. Like that was his original um character he was cast at. But then when he got on a set, they were like you might be right for this. Do you want to audition for it? It was another character. He said he did a couple rounds and they're like, this is working. Would you rather do that? It was a bigger part. He says, and it was better part. And he says, I'd have less time in prosthetics. So I was like, great. Oh, I didn't catch that. Less Lord. time in prosthetics. Shouldn't it be no time oh, in prosthetics? That is right. interesting. That is freaking interesting. The theories roll on, folks. Indeed. <laughs> And it's funny because the 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 outf- outlet that posted this article, I can't remember what it was, but they were saying that he proved that he he wasn't Vok by by this quote. And I'm like, did you? No, no, no. The cipher this- the words. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this makes it seem like it's more likely. Yeah, I mean, it just it, yeah. it's it's, it's going to go back to my point, man. I said uh, Tyler's going to break Burnham's heart, man. That one tear at the end, you know, she's trying, <laughs> she's trying, man. Oh man. And this, this, before we go into the void, the parallel universe, whatever you want to call it, we don't know where we are. But I just find it so idiotic. Of course, we get this this Mass Effect esque scene with Stamets and Lorca. <laughs> I, it it is so idiotic to do one last jump that the dude just did like a hundred and whatever jumps. You're gonna do one more? It was like Steve Jobs, but bad. <laughs> <laughs> And again, Lorca talked him into that. You know, he goes and say, hey, you did a great job. We're so proud of you. You're going to get a medal, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Don't even worry about jumping again. We're just going to walk back. Social engineering, man. (laughs) He tricked him into it. So what you're saying is Lorca might have put the coordinates in wrong so he couldn't go home. Right. Oh, wow. Do you if guys you really read it? I wouldn't put it past them, man. I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't. Because he, he showed them out. He showed them out. I was going to say. Uh, yeah, go ahead. But 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 you notice that too. <laughs> yeah, he did. Like he popped his little control panel on his chair right when they get ready to jump. Wow. And he did something, and there was something said coordinates or location or something on that pad, and then they kind of flashed away from it real quick. You couldn't read it. Which exactly. which any other time they've jumped in a spore drive, he hasn't really done anything special. Somebody presses the spore, yep. spore button, they go there. And wow, you guys are deep. <laughs> that may, wow. Man, I watched it do like a Hulk. <laughs> wow. 
You never know what he's going to be up to. Yeah, but say, Clarence, you always have a habit of trying to see the best in people. (laughs) Yeah. What you said? I'm a sucker? No, what you said? No, 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 no. No, I just said you. you, (laughs) Nah. You're saying he's he's Clark Kent from Smallville? Is what you're saying? Oh, no. Well, I would rather him be uh, from Smallville than from uh, Dawn of Boredom, so. There you go. He'll get that out anytime he can. Don't yes, he will. He Don't surely him. will. Speaking of which, like I hate to get terribly off topic, but is anybody does anybody watch those trailers with Gary Clark Jr. sit covering come together and just think yawn? Mm, no, never watched it. <laughs> like I'm, I just, I'm, excited I'm just not it, excited man. about that movie at all. Yeah, just movie. Yeah, your boy Aquaman. It's, it's gonna be good, man. I just don't like it. Yeah, uh, uh. we we digress. We digress. So we got we, <laughs> we, we get the we get the Colbert Stamets moment. You know, yeah, it wasn't just simply a hairbrush or two at the at the sink. It was a, a little bit more. Um, what do we think about that in Star Trek? Oh man, that was like a, that wasn't a blip on my radar after that nightmare couple scenes earlier. <laughs> like I, I was, I was kind of relieved to see that. It was like whoa. So which scene was more controversial? Clean, are, naked, you jo- clean gun, are you joking? Naked, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or Stamets Kovac? I mean, I mean, obviously both they're going to be a little controversial because you know people's sensibilities. I mean, you had Kirk kissing a black woman in the first series. I don't think two gays kissing is that yeah. much of a deal. Well, I mean, well, like, well, like we talked in about current, Not Your Daddy Star Trek. That's kind of what we said since the beginning. But go ahead, John. Well, I guess in the current climate, political climate right now, I mean, open-minded people, we're going to be more worried about. <laughs> The clean on. But we are the minority in the country right now. Open minded people. There are a lot more people that have been Yeah. They've been okay with the clean on just because it was a man and a woman. (laughs) (laughs) And as sick as what you just said is, it's sad that that is true. Yeah, it is true. You're right. Like right now, if you probably would Google Star Trek Discovery uh relationships or romantic scenes the most news you're going to find is probably stamets yeah you're probably yeah good point you're probably right well done well put so do we think ever in gene roddenberry's original vision that he would envision klingon tits on screen (laughs) no no Uh. I'm sorry. Uh, let me be cl- politically correct. T- Klingon breast on screen. I'm sorry. Excuse me, people. Excuse me, kids. Uh, yeah, but it happened. It happened. Okay. I'm sorry. It's the first Star Trek. This TVM. Eat your heart out. We, we did Thrones. see some. We did have some f bombs earlier. So yeah, it was only a matter of time before we saw some Klingon side boobs. <laughs> <laughs> But on, I would on its continuing think. mission to boldly go where no man has gone before. <laughs> I would have felt better if it was Tilly. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just, it wouldn't have bothered me as much. <laughs> Wait, you mean yeah, Till, that, that Tilly instead of Ash Tyler or Tilly instead of Lorel? <laughs> Tilly instead of Lorel. What are we talking about? <laughs> It's just like is just Tilly, as, Tilly and Lorel. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to actually claw my eyes out? It's, oh my gosh! You really, you really want me to go blind, Jonathan? 
Well, guys, uh, as you can see, we've exhausted this episode. <laughs> <laughs> exhausted being the uh, one more thing. Tyler's exhausted. <laughs> guys, we're wrapping it up. Any other thoughts on this fall, fall half of this season? Any thoughts, guys? Hashtag do not free Tilly. Hashtag no Tilly discovery. John or Cal, any, any final thoughts on this first half of the season? Mm. No, I'm good. Well, again, it was a great episode. I, I love the way they left it. Um, do we have a date on the start of the first episode of the second half? I think it's January the 7th, I believe. Yes, yes. January the 7th, 2018. And the name of the episode is called Despite Yourself. So, yeah. Yourself. Hmm. Hmm. Can't wait Ooh. to get back into it. Despite who self is that is that Lorca? All, all I'll say is that I'm hoping for I'm hoping against hope, I know, for a Zachary Quinto young Spock cameo. Ah. Could be cool. Could be cool. Alright, guys. Well, you know, fans out there or listeners to the show, fans of Discovery listeners to the show, would you please, if you have any questions or comments about this episode or any other episode in the first half of the season, send it in to fans at stdpodcast.com. Again, we're std underscore podcast on Twitter and std podcast on Instagram as well as Facebook. Okay, guys. What are you working on? You have anything to plug? Anything that you're interested in or on your radar that you want to talk about before we get out of here? We're gonna start with Carrie. What you got, man? <laughs> all, all I'll say is um SayInCentral.com coming soon. Check out the Techpedition podcast. We should have an episode recorded this week. And um just say no to Klingons. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Cal, what you got, dude? All right, well, you and I had an interview that was with a comic artist by the name of Dietrich Smith, and that can be found on our latest episode of Discussing Who at DiscussingWho.com. Oh, yeah, that was a lot of fun, man, a lot of fun. Yes, it was. And finally, we have uh, the Trek Storian, Jonathan Short. John, what you got, man? Anything you're working on you want to plug or talk about? Okay. I know he's ready to get off here in a minute, but I got three things to mention. Sure. Well, number one, I finally started watching Stranger Things because I had so much free time at work, and that's oh. an awesome show. So good, dude! It is awesome. I'm oh. almost I'm like three episodes away from finishing what they have available now. You so, on season two for already? That, uh, recommendation? Huh? You're, on, you're on season two already? Yeah. Oh wow! Wow! Way to go, dude! Way to go! So I've been binging a little bit. <laughs> um, second. Did we? I know we didn't mention it. Do I just found this online that uh, George Taki was accused of? Yeah, yeah, George uh, K. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, got a little handsy. Yeah, that's pretty disappointing, man. And you know, it, it's funny how this episode is kind of on the oh nose my. of the 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 cultural or, or social conscious of the United States right now of all this sexual mis conduct this kind of in you know like i say in our consciousness and yeah that's kind of sad to hear that from you know one of the the original you know great star trek actors that he's been accused of this now it is accusation i don't know if we know any more than that but but yeah still sad to see nonetheless i do have one issue with that whole situation though and George, um, to case retort he said it was all he said she said and i thought to myself wouldn't it be all he said he said 
<laughs> Is that really what you got out of there? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my. All right, and uh, I guess I want to mention, since this will be our last episode recording, as far as reviewing episodes of Discovery, Clarence, we are going to have some episodes during the break, correct? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, guys, we're going to go back on our two-week cadence, which is kind of our all-season cadence. We are going to, next week I might have an episode that is kind of a vault episode from Discussing Who, where we kind of reviewed Star Trek Beyond. So I think I'm going to drop that in as as maybe just a little bonus episode. But soon after, we're going to be back on doing episodes. Maybe we'll talk about a movie or maybe some one-off, well, not one-off, some some classic episodes that, you know, we we find that we're interested in. What are you guys' ideas, John? Carrie, you have any idea of anything you want to Talk about yeah. Sci-fi I think age? we should. Re- I think we should review the con episodes in the movie. I think that would be cool to like kind of put them together, watch them in sequence, and talk about them. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. Continuation yeah. Of it. yeah, that would be awesome. Maybe we should just do the con arc. That would be sweet. And we're going to forget about that uh, new reboot con thing. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's when I stopped liking J.J. Abrams. If, if you want to know why I sighed when I found out he's doing the ninth movie, it's that's why. But yeah, yeah, that's a good suggestion. Maybe we can do a little classic, you know, con arc and then and then eventually end up with the movie. That might be good. So that would that might. Yeah, we'll put that on the radar. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Very alive. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I'm sure we'll have more things. Like I said, I'm going to do some research on what all of the captains are doing now. Hopefully I don't run into any more because it looks like they're just picking off our Star Trek actors here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just, I'm curious to know, uh, what is it, Avery Brooks? Oh, yeah. There's been yeah. a lot of, there's been a lot of DS9 photos, group photos that he has not been a part of. Yeah. And that means he's doing something. And I want to know what. Yeah. I agree. Interesting. Yeah. So, guys, like we stated, we're going to be on the two-week cadence from here on out until January 7th episode. Uh, We'll be soon after that with another review. We may try to move the Tuesdays um, going into next year. It might be a little more better to get the reviews out a little bit early. But, guys, we're wrapping this thing up for uh, Kyle, Carrie, and John. I'm Clarence, and we will talk to you next time. Live long and prosper. listening to the STD podcast. For more information, go to stdpodcast.com slash subscribe.
Where the hell are we? Lieutenant Stamets is non-responsive. Tyler. You have to tell the captain. Did you want all of this to happen? You can't hurt me anymore. Red alert. Shields up. The enemy is here. 